0: Vader, the fleet has moved out to flight speed, and we're preparing to... You have failed me for the last
1: time, Admiral. Captain Piet. Yes, my lord. Make ready to land our troops beyond their energy field, and deploy the fleet so that nothing gets off the system. You are in command now, Admiral Piette. Thank you, Lord Vader.
0: In that opening segment. Sorry about that folks. Hello, popheads, and welcome to issue 89 of the Tomcast Popcast, coming to you from our secret Tom Cave, hidden deep in the bowels of the Imperial Superstar Destroyer, Executor. I am the head nerf herder. My name is Tom. Please follow this show on the social medias at TomcastPopcast on Twitter. At TomcastPopcast on Instagram. You can email this fine podcast at TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And you can also Join Pophead Nation officially at patreon.com forward slash Popcast, where you can hang out with super cool people like the Aspen Hill Chody and the Dark Knight himself, the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. He's a co-host on the Ringing Ear podcast, and he is a super friend of this podcast as well. So he's just a great guy in the community, and he's patrolling the streets of Bay Park, making it safe for all around, which is in this time of, of health crises is much much needed. Welcome, everybody. Um, this is a super special, 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 special show. Kind of picking up where we left off last week, uh, where we kicked things off with, it, with a Star Wars nostalgia-filled spectacular. Uh, we're doing the same thing this week the, now for The Empire Strikes Back, my personal favorite of the Star Wars franchise. Um, and this is, uh, as I mentioned on last week's show, this year, uh, 2020, marks the 40th anniversary of of the Empire Strikes Back, and uh, if that doesn't make you feel old, well, I don't know what will, because, uh, yeah, that was that was a sh- sh- shocking revelation. I was like, oh my god, that movie came out when I was one years old, or is it just one year old? Sorry, got that extra S in there. Habits, anyways. Uh, this is a this is a a, a fun fun movie. I, I I can't even begin to tell you guys. Well, I am gonna begin to tell you guys just how much this movie means to me because this was kind of the uh, the elevation of, of what movies could be because as as a kid especially as a kid you you know you're used to watching movies and tv and the good guys always come out on top a-okay they save the day and the bad guys are punished evil's punished the bad guys are thwarted arrested put in jail you know whatever what whatever the case may be uh this film flips that all on its head and and escape and survival are, are the best that our, our heroes can manage and, and and for one of our heroes he can't even manage that uh it, it's it's a movie that uh taught me uh a first of all it taught me about like actual serialized storytelling because i was like oh beginning middle and end this all makes sense to me now I, you, you kind of start to be uh, to put together like a three-act structure and, and you start to understand those 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 kind of like basic storytelling elements and in the star wars saga episodes four five and six in particular uh, were, were very pivotal pivotal to me in, in kind of learning and, and beginning to understand that, that process of, of storytelling. Uh, and also, you get what, into, in my opinion, and what, what was uh, the most jaw-dropping revelation in, in the history of anything, which is uh, the, the Darth Vader's true identity, the, his connection to Luke Skywalker, which, uh, you know, spoilers, but the movie's 40 years old at this point. So if you don't know already, I guess I don't get mad at me. But yeah, the the revelation that Luke Skywalker is actually Darth Vader's son and 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 that what Obi-Wan told us in the first film wasn't exactly 100% uh, accurate. And uh we'll we'll talk more about that certain point of view when we get to Jedi, which will probably be next week the way we're going. So I, I and I have no problem with that. We can talk about Jedi till the till the cows come home or uh till the till the Ewoks come home, whatever, whichever Scene you like the most, uh, so I just I again I'm getting into into this episode. I'm going to be talking with with super friend Roger, our good friend Jedi Raj on the Instagrams and on the Twitters, and uh, we're going to be kind of kind of uh, again. It's not going to be a review or or some sort of uh, let's tear the movie down and examine it for it, you know its it contributions to cinema history or anything like that. This is, this is fanboy hour. I mean, we're just going to kind of gush and talk about our favorite things about this movie, what we loved about this movie, what we uh, feel the most connection to, uh, the, the, all the emotions that the, this movie evokes, you know, because this movie has a lot of those. It has the high, highest of highs for our heroes and the lowest of lows for them, too. And... Again, uh, this was a movie I grew up with in my childhood, just like Roger did, but from different, different kind of generations. So it'll be interesting to kind of talk to Roger and see his perspective versus my perspective growing up with Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to the conversation. But I wanted to get some basic information out about this uh, because, you know, sometimes when Roger and I get talking, it's very easy for me to uh, have my train of thought uh, quickly derail. So I want, I want to get some some of the some of the credits out for this for this film just so you guys have them um right at the top, all right? So Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back. This movie released on June 20th, 1980. So we're not quite at that tw- at that 40th anniversary point just yet. Uh, but I really wanted to get this episode out ahead of the curve because there I think there's going to be a lot of, of pop culture Star Wars uh, uh genre podcasts that are all going to do episodes like this and they're all going to come out right around that actual 40th anniversary date. So I just kind of wanted to get a jump on it because, um, you know, I've talked to you guys about it before. We're, we're a small, independent pop culture podcast and and uh, we are a very, uh, very small fish in a, in a very, very big pond. Uh, so anything we can do to kind of stand out and get ahead of the curve, I think, is uh, something that the, the podcast needs to do a little bit more often and a little bit more aggressively. So... Uh, that's why we're going to do it now. Plus, it's just damn fun. And you know, with with coronavirus, with COVID nineteen being such a such a big big deal and kind of kind of slowing things down, um, I'm definitely getting more interested in shifting away from from news based podcasts. I I really like this idea of doing kind of like the greatest hits of pop culture, where we can just sit around and talk about movies, um, or TV shows, or comic books, or what whatever topic kind of catches our fancy for the week. And uh, I don't know. I'm leaning towards making the show more like that in general. You know, like obviously we would talk about the big news, but maybe a news centric podcast isn't I don't know, maybe we're not gonna do that after after we come to the other side of, of COVID. I don't know. I'll talk about it with Roger, I'll talk about it with with my Patreons and I'll, I'll I'll see whatever will see what you guys can tell me too. Hit me up on Twitter, let me know what you guys like. And uh, we're gonna keep that all going. So again, June twentieth, nineteen eighty, uh, this Star Wars film directed by Irvin Kirshner. Not George Lucas, all right? So Irvin Kershner comes aboard, and and he, he again, he helms what I consider to be the best Star Wars film of them all. So that's important to pay attention to. Irvin Kershner, uh, you may remember some of his earlier, not earlier, in the sense of, I don't mean earlier, in the sense of uh, before Empire Strikes Back, necessarily. So Irvin Kershner uh, directs Star Wars Episode Five. Uh, he'd done a handful of films. Before this, uh, but this was probably like the biggest production he had been a part of. Uh, you may also know that uh, if you're a James Bond fan, he was also the director of uh, Never Say Never Again. And if you are a fan of RoboCop, you might know that he did the ill-fated RoboCop two film as well. So, you know, g- kind of a mixed bag as far as directing credits goes. But I think, you know Empire Strikes Back, like I said, is kind of top of the top of the food chain for me as far as those things go. Uh, the writing credits for this movie go. It's a story by George Lucas. But the actual screenplay is written by uh, Lee Brackett and uh, Lawrence Kasdan. So Kasdan, who has become uh, very closely associated with Star Wars, particularly from Empire Strikes Back, from Return of the Jedi, and then into J.J. Abrams' sequel trilogy, uh, this is kind of where Kasdan gets his his uh, foot in the door, as it was for the Star Wars universe. we got a lot of returning cast and crew. Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, uh, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels. You know, the, the regular cast and crew. David Prowse returns as Vader. Kenny Baker, R two D two. New cast members for this that are important to 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 realize. Uh, obviously, the big one, Billy Dee Williams is Lando Calrissian, and Frank Oz brings Yoda to life in a way that I don't think anyone was sure was was going to happen when when it was when it was first conceived that the great Jedi Master would be a uh, a muppet. So. And I think a lot of that credit needs to go to Frank Oz for, for doing uh, just wonderful work to bring, to bring Yoda to life. Also, we, get, we also get what could be, in my super fanboy opinion, the, one of the, the most important introductions in the Star Wars universe, which is Boba Fett. We get Boba Fett on screen for the first time. Now, granted, he did first initially debut and the ill-fated Star Wars Holiday Special, but this is his first time seeing him in the real life. And again, one of those instantly captivating characters. Um, so that's kind of like the groundwork of this film. We're, like I said, Roger and I are going to talk more. We'll probably get into more specifics, more details for all of these characters. Uh, but I wanted to kind of give you guys that opening number. And I also wanted to tell you too, there's going to be a bonus episode this week. Um, because I suspect, much like last week, you know, we hit on a lot of points with, with Star Wars. Uh, like our favorite things from that first from from a new hope from the opening film in this in the series and as, for as many points as we hit, there were probably just as many that we didn't hit and that's okay because like I said, this is kind of a, a, a fanboy session it's not supposed to be like let's make sure we talk about a, b C and d because obviously there's gonna be more we this podcast loves to talk about star wars. we're gonna hit on all these things eventually anyways and there, there who knows maybe there'll be more dedicated star Wars episodes down the road one day um but there's going to be a special bonus episode later this week because I really want uh, to 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 kind of talk about and highlight the importance of of producer Gary Kurtz and his role in shaping this this first Star Wars trilogy and and uh, you know his contributions to it and uh, why he and Lucas ended up walking away uh, from working with each other the di- the difficulties they had uh, growing this 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 uh, this. Star Wars trilogy, and eventually, and, and eventually, trying to complete it together, and why, in why, uh, Kurtz had to walk away. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to do that as a special episode because I don't want to. There's a lot to get into with with Gary Kurtz and George Lucas's relationship, so I don't want to detract from this uh, unadulterated joyous episode of of the show. Where, like I said, Roger and I are just going to sit here and gush about the show. So sit back. Hey, relax, open a beer, or you know, listen to us while you're going for a run or something like that. Remember, social distancing, that's still important. Uh, so if you're running outside, make sure you're staying away from people. Get the hell out of their way because odds are they're not going to move for you, which is unfortunate, but that's just the world we live in right now. I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but uh, a, a lot of people uh, in, in my neighborhood are walking in the bike lane, which I feel is a really poor choice because uh, the bicyclists, not nice people. So uh, be careful, keep your eyes alert, look front and back. You never know when they're going to come up behind you, too. All right, here we go. We're going to get into the conversation. Sorry for kind of like the long preamble today, but hey, you're here for the ride, and this is just the entry point, so get ready. Here we go. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerve herder! Roger, welcome hey. back to the show. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing all right.
0: We are we are connected once again via the Skypes. We are still yes. the last people on Earth using the Skypes. We're
1: keeping them alive.
0: <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> Luckily, we are Xbox members, so Skype just comes with our membership.
1: That is true.
0: <laughs> how are you doing? How is uh, how is the family? And uh, are you guys uh, were you guys out protesting in Encinitas this weekend?
1: No, no, we don't have that much privilege. Um, <laughs> We were just uh, hanging out at home all weekend. Uh, we pretty much just watched a bunch of uh, TV, movies, YouTube videos, you name it. So it was good, nice and relaxed, yeah.
0: Are you are you still stuck this side of the border uh, when the weekend rolls around?
1: Uh, no, I'm able to get down there and, you know, kind of get some supplies back home, which is good. So pretty yeah. much it's just this house to that house, and they're all quarantined all week too, so.
0: Right on, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you weren't uh, out with the protesters and uh, the other <laughs> en- entitled, uh, mostly white Americans.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to delve too deep into that. But that's no, great. I don't either. That was about
0: as far as I was going to take that joke. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, Roger, we are here for
0: a very special reason, but before we get into that special reason, you are having a beer.
1: I am indeed.
0: What are I'm you drinking, having, bud?
1: I'm having the Campgrounds IPA from Pizza Port. Ooh, it's so good. It is really good. It's uh coming in at seven point two percent. Um the hops in it are Strata, Cashmere, and Rakow. Rakao. Rakao. That's probably how you pronounce it. I, I think it's the say racow. Rakao. Yeah, that's, I like but, it. That's better. <laughs> and little known fact that I just found out about, <laughs> this thing glows in the dark. I Wait, throw who? it away. Who told you that? <laughs> so, Tom. I think he was lying to out. you. <laughs> I just tested it in the bathroom. It was totally awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the white lettering on the can glows in the dark. I was very surprised. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely, it lives up to the campground's name. Super clear, super easy drinking. Um, very much a West Coast IPA. Nice clarity on it. Yeah. Um, well, I- yeah,
0: well, and you mentioned the, the hop bill on there, and uh, mm-hmm. it's got that that new hop that's all the rage, the, the Strata.
1: Yeah, Strata, not not the Recal.
0: Not the <laughs> <laughs> Strata's all the rage, uh, you know. And you probably remember last week when we were doing the Star Wars show, I was drinking the 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 port brewing, uh-huh. uh, the Strata Swell.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I was looking so at that. <laughs> a very
0: uh, in vogue hop at the moment, which is uh, quite enjoyable.
1: Yeah, yeah, so definitely the the other port, the pizza port. Also has their Stratifix, and uh, it's coming in really good. Definitely, definitely a beer I wish I could have. Evening at the beach, for sure.
0: Nice. <laughs> I have I have today. I have a crowler. Oh. Uh, from our friends over at Latchkey. Very nice. Over at Latchkey. Sorry, I was blocked the microphone with the crowler. That probably wasn't smart. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a crowler from Latchkey. Our our good friend Anthony. Uh, was probably behind the brewing of this beer. I would imagine. I would. Yeah. Don't think he's going to pass those duties on any, anytime soon. Uh, it's a seven percent IPA called the Hatch. Ooh. And this is pretty much like their their core West Coast IPA, and it's it's ah uh, quite quite lovely.
1: Yeah, I think I've had it before. Might have uh, might have tried it here or there, but yeah, definitely a good one from what I remember.
0: Yeah, and I meant to look up the hop bill, but I totally forgot. I think it's uh, I think it's Idaho Seven in cashmere
1: hops mm. in there. Fair which,
0: enough. uh, that Idaho 7 is, is a, a hop that uh, Anthony does not say no to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice classic hop. Definitely, definitely a good one. Yeah, underappreciated these days, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm gonna have a, at least two pours out of this because <laughs> it's a oh, 32 yeah. <laughs> ounce crawler. Uh, but I think that's gonna be the social lubricant that we need, not that we need it all that much, to talk about one of our favorite topics, which yeah. is Star Wars and specifically. To celebrate the 40th anniversary, which comes up in uh, on June 20th, mm-hmm. of Episode Five, "The Empire Strikes Back,"
1: <laughs> arguably my, the best.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say my personal favorite and arguably the best of the entire Star Wars franchise. And uh, so, I'm, I'm by your opening statement, I'm assuming you feel the same. <laughs> oh,
1: definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely think. I, I know we talked about it briefly last time. How you know that that was the one that I had most exposure to. Even as a kid, um, even by itself, you know, and uh, just because, as a movie goes, it's a really good one. So, yeah,
0: um, th- th- kind of like what, as we talked last week uh, first for for episode four, you know, I I grew up with this movie in the early '80s, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming you in like the, the mid to early '90s. Yeah, so. What was that experience like? Because uh, you know, by that point the movie had been a, like a decade old, 15 years old
1: by probably by the time you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting going into it because it was like, you know, the 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 big spoiler of the movie was already basically pop culture common knowledge at this point. Right. So, unfortunately, I didn't get that and I remember even my dad taking me to see it in theaters when they had the special edition. Special edition, um, sure. And he was he was telling me about the scene, and then he realized as he was talking about it that he let slip what the spoiler was. (laughs) Oh no! He's like, "Wait, you already knew that, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry, Dad, I already knew." (laughs) He's like, "Okay, good. I thought I ruined it for you." (laughs) But it was definitely a funny moment that I remember. That he was like really concerned that he had spoiled one of the biggest moments, you know. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, it's funny to think because, but you know, by that by that point in the in the early to mid '90s, I mean uh, the 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 pop culture lexicon was, was forming fast and furious and, and Star Wars was a big part of it. And I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you would just turn into an episode of the Simpsons and, and they would reference something in Star Wars, uh, you know, or, you know, obviously you had the Kevin Smith movies talking about Star Wars stuff. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, it probably, it would have been pretty easy to come across that that knowledge without seeing the movie and be like, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so definitely, I definitely feel that way about the movie and even to this day, you know, I got the little guy at home. He'll he'll be saying, "I am your father," without even knowing what it comes from because you know some cartoon he watched referenced the line. You know, so. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, for that for me, that moment
0: was, um, I, I kind of talk about it in, in the in the preamble, well, the introduction that I recorded for the show already uh, about how that moment was just so like jaw dropping for me as a little kid. Yeah. Um, and, and just how uh, the, the, the movie overall uh, changed what I thought I knew about about movies and about TV shows because even by, by that point when I saw Star War when I saw Empire I was again like five or six or something like that probably and and yeah it already I don't even think I fully comprehended it until I got a little bit older but like you know you get to that point where you're like wait a second though the good, the good guys don't really win this movie. <laughs> yeah. like they, just, they just kind of like survive and they, they escape and, and han doesn't and you're like wait what's <laughs> happening yeah
1: yeah i mean this was definitely the one that just left you with so many cliffhangers that you're just like wait it's ending here yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i remember even as a kid i'm like wait but what happens though
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those movies especially like, like i said like i kind of alluded to the last week like, once we got a VCR, and we, 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 my mom shelled out like the hundreds of dollars that it's cost to buy a VHS tape back in the day. And yeah. we were able to watch these. I mean, every time I watched Empire, like, it was almost like a new revelation would occur to me as I became older and a little bit, a tiny bit more sophisticated in my understanding <laughs> of, of yeah. storytelling because there's just so much. Uh, it's, 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 a fairly deep and complex film especially for for a young mind to process what you're seeing because you're so used to the white hats riding off into the sunset having saved the day yeah and as as you get older you start to a process with like but but wait what what <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah definitely
0: so it, it was a movie that i i became just just fascinated with when i was growing up and by the time I was a teenager i mean like i knew the movie inside and out and i i mean and i still do to this day but yeah. it that's the, the kind of uh just generally enriching experience that Empire Strikes Back provides for me.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I, I did get that—that that, you know, the, again, going back to what we <laughs> how we started the conversation, the Vader moment in particular. which just—it's it's still. I mean, even watching it now, like I, I've seen it seven hundred thousand times, and I still get chills because yeah. <laughs> the line James Earl Jones delivers the line so well, and yeah. and Mark Hamill's like reaction, even though he didn't know. What actually James Earl Jones was going to say, because I I think you probably know by now that there was a misdirect yeah. on the set, and so like Luke thought he said one thing, and uh-huh. then James Earl Jones comes in and actually says, but like Luke's reaction still is like perfect.
1: perfect <laughs> oh, I bad. didn't realize that he didn't know about the line in that
0: moment. Yeah, so that yeah. Was off the cuff. They, well, they were going to say uh, I I forget exactly what it was to be. something along the lines of I uh, killed
1: your father I think. Is yes, I think that's
0: what what what.
1: David Prowse
0: says during oh. the filming to to Mark Hamill, um, but then Lucas is like, "No, here's the real line to James Earl Jones," and he's like, yeah. what? <laughs> and you you can see it on YouTube or, or any of the Star Wars documentaries. But even even James Earl Jones was like, "No." Yeah. He's
1: lying. <laughs> yeah, it's so great that even he was so in character that he's like, "No, this can't be right," you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trick, and I guess it's, uh, that's actually one of the greatest parts about the film uh, is because,
0: you know, other than 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 fanzines and in the occasionally like, like genre sci-fi kind of, of of you know fan again fanzine. <laughs> I think that's correct. Right. Sure until jedi came out like there was like three years of speculation like is vader lying is this the truth what's going on here because like there was no internet to go to so like you just had to sit around with your friends and have the discussion like yeah what is that real (laughs) and i'm I'm very curious uh, again because by the time i saw jedi was out so i mean i got to see the conclusion of it But, but those kids who saw it in summer of 1980 Maybe oh, I, should, I should get Pratt on the phone <laughs> and ask him how. Like, like, did you guys spend like three years just like guessing?
1: Oh man, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome to know because I've never known it in the context of you know not knowing that it was just true. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'd never considered it as like a lie. Uh, I never even thought never crossed my mind. I guess that he could be lying about it. You know.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's. Uh again uh the that, that empire of dreams documentary is, is fascinating it has like really really great interviews in there and uh that that's one of my favorite sections is where they're talking about the i am your father line yeah. and kind of how kind of how it came to be and how it was a really big secret and uh you know those kind of secrets are kind of hard to protect nowadays oh yeah you know, like the, the spoiler culture is so so big mm-hmm. um but every now and again you get a, a nice little gem, like like uh like with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and like somehow yeah. they kept that under wraps, which is just amazing.
1: Yeah, that was that was great. I mean, even considering, you know, the whole uh, Rise of Skywalker apparent leaks that were like I think on Reddit or something like that, that they basically leaked the entire script and it was yeah. true, you know. So yeah. just just the fact that, you know, to this day, yeah, I guess, like you said, Mandalorian is probably the best example of something with that heavy of a pop cultural impact that remained secret until we saw it, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, because again, not to, not to draw apples, and you know, compare apples and oranges, but I mean, you know, with, with, with Avengers, you know, when we're going into, into Endgame, Yeah. I think we all kind of sort of knew everyone was coming back. It just was a question of how and when and, and how it was going to play out. Yeah. I, I think in the case of, of, the the vader revelation you know there's a lot more like what?
1: (laughs) yeah definitely
0: but yeah we'll have to we'll have to pick mr mike's brain on that and and, uh get get some get some comments from him about it but yeah i mean again the 80s were so different i mean you you just you got together with your friends and you talked and that was the extent of that was like the the first subreddit was you and your friends at like the congo store at the arcade (laughs) yeah definitely that was the places to be but uh so so Again, I'm assuming your first real experience with the film is the special editions, right? That's Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have no affinity for the original cut. Now, granted, there's not a ton of significant changes
1: mm-hmm.
0: from, from the, the theatrical to the special edition. There's uh, tweaks here and there. Sure. You know, so, again, a couple things that I don't really care for, but that's because I'm an old fart – I, I like yeah. I like Star Wars. Like I like Star Wars.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually going to ask you. So, what what notable differences were there from the original to the special edition? Because I uh, honestly Empire, I don't remember too much offhand. I know more Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, but
0: uh, mostly most of the the big changes and the ones that I was was okay with, I suppose, was uh like the Wampa scenes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the Wampa was it was a very challenging uh, animatronic puppet effect. Uh-huh. And, and so, like in the original cut, you don't really see the whole Wampa. Okay. You know, it would be like you, you kind of would see like the lumbering shot of the of the like the body and the arms, but you never really saw his head. And then when you do see his head, it was like very fast and kind of like a blur as Luke like Luke strikes with the lightsaber. Okay. So yeah. they they went back in with us with this I think it was with the guy or or whatnot, put him in an actual like Wampa costume that they built, and were able to kind of redo the effects and re kind of shoot those scenes. So you can see more of the wampa in the ice cave, his full body effect. Mm, Okay. Okay. Now, again, have you seen uh, deleted scenes from Empire Strikes Back?
1: Um, You know, I'm not sure about deleted scenes. If I have, it's been a while. There's a, there's a
0: bunch of interesting deleted scenes, but because of the like, – like I alluded to with the, with the, the kind of like the, the trouble they were having making the wampas look good and real, they, okay. there's an entire uh, subsection of the film where a bunch of wampas attack the rebel base on Hoth. Oh, really? Yeah, and you you can find the scenes on YouTube. Um, interesting. And it, it don't look great. it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> it, funny. There's probably some more work they could have done it in post, uh, but I know – this, the story is that, that Irving Kirshner was not happy with the way it was coming together, and they just were like, you know what? Let's just cut this out uh, because th- there's going to be another scene that plays into when the Empire invades Rebel ba- uh, the base on Hoth, Echo base on Hoth, okay. and, uh, with, and the, the, where a couple stormtroopers run into wampas that the rebels had detained, sort of so to speak. Uh, okay. But I, I recommend watching the scenes. They're fun to watch, but they're – Like I said, there's some effects work that wasn't done, wasn't finished. And so it looks like a weird Disneyland ride. Like it's just like this
1: weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Okay. That actually in context makes a lot of sense. I don't know if you, I'm sure you've played the, uh, the star Wars trilogy arcade machine yes how there's sections in that where like you're literally in hawk base and you go into a door and there's like two wampas just walking at you and you're just like blasting them in the face but i'm just always like well that never happens in the movie (laughs) but apparently (laughs) i I mean who knows if they base that off the original script or uh or if that was just something that they kind of had that was tangential to it but that's actually kind of interesting i think they might have even had that in uh, shadows of the empire right
0: I, I believe they did actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah
1: so that's that's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. And then uh, there's a, a couple small things uh, in the special editions. Like, uh, I think they gave. Oh, I could. Oh, my memory's a little rusty here because I don't. I don't watch the special edition of it that much anymore because I. Uh, I have. I have this, which is like Ooh, the only. The this is the only DVD of the oh, original wow. cut, the original theatrical <laughs> version of Empire that exists. Wow. I, I got these back in, like, 2006 or whatever. This is the only time they ever put them out on DVD.
1: Wow, crazy. So, yeah, so
0: that, that tends to be the version I watch more often. Um, but, again, Empire was, was small stuff. Um, okay. I think they redid a couple things on the big uh, a couple effects. I think they might have given, like, Vader a few more shots. Um, okay. They added a yell to, uh, or a scream for when Luke, like, makes the choice to jump off the the – little ledge as opposed to going with vader okay. which I, I never cared for because in the, in the original he was silent on the way down which i thought made the, his choice and his sacrifice more powerful
1: yeah yeah no i, I didn't realize that i completely forgot because i think maybe just every recap scene i've seen of that is probably the original where he just kind of hops off and well it. and i think
0: i think in one of the multiple re-releases <laughs> of the film they, they have actually taken that out in new versions
1: oh uh, okay well think, that's cool I,
0: I'm trying to think. The last time I watched, I think I watched Empire on Disney Plus, like when it first came out, like in over November or whatever. Okay. And I remember, I remember it was like, oh, I guess they took it out because <laughs> <laughs> it did used to bother me, in that, in it, but now it's gone. Well, that's which good. is good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me, let me back up a little bit. Let, let's kind of get into, uh, let I mean, let's start at the beginning. Let's, let's start at the crawl. Yeah. And and I mean, the the uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back big ye- yellow letters you know the rebels are on the run and you're like wait what's happening
1: yeah <laughs> it's like didn't we win this what's going
0: yeah, on yeah like i thought we won yeah and and again this is this is uh, again well, the, the crux of why i think this movie is so fascinating is is because we really get to see that that galactic empire might and it's given to us right from the crawl you know it's like <laughs> oh yeah this pitiful band of rebels uh yeah you may have blown up the death star but guess what we still got the rest of the galaxy bro <laughs> yep and and you, you you see that might and you see you see the rebels are running and they're hiding and and we get to open on the polar opposite of Tatooine. Yep. we go to the ice
1: world of hoth yeah what are your impressions of hoth i mean i i think as a kid i really liked hoth for some reason it might have just been because it was like just more like terrestrial combat which we hadn't seen in star wars at that point like in terms of like you know starfighters, but like on the planet you mm-hmm. i think in star wars you really only see ships like take off and land you know on planets but this one was kind of cool because it's like okay you got the snow speeders and you got the giant at you know and just to see this like this land combat and kind of more like infantry of like the rebel soldiers just holding down and with the blaster turrets and everything it was just it was a different uh different angle that we'd seen anything from it to that point Mm -hmm. so i I think i was really like that just to kind of see almost the more war aspect of it you know you literally have the soldiers going up against each other and just these two front lines whereas you know in the original we'd really only seen space combat right which is you know kind of different but i i think this one was really cool for it kind of like made it a little more grounded because you're like okay this is happening on a planet so I, as a kid, I think that, that stuck with me. I think I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, I, again, I, I, I can't get away from just, the, you know, you you see that, that, that technological might that the Empire has over, over these rebels. I mean, you you get an inkling of that in in episode four. Yeah. Uh, but you really see that in this film and, and the Battle of Hoth in particular is where you really see that come to, come to bear with, yeah. like you said, the AT-ATs. And, and I think you're going to have a couple of chicken walkers in that scene. Um, yeah yeah but uh, before that even just like the, the the fleet of star destroyers arriving in orbit around hoth and then uh, obviously you you see the the executor the super star destroyer
1: yeah that's the first time we see that and
0: you're like wait a second i thought a star destroyer was big look at this fucking thing
1: <laughs> imagine that one just going over your head that won't take like five minutes i mean holy crap
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean if, if you're not kind of like wowed by by the the the, the might of the empire. And you're like, Oh, I see the struggle now a bit more clearly. (laughs) Like they're really, up, the rebels are really up against it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think to go along with that, we get the first, uh, well, the Imperial March, you know, this This was introduced in this movie. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Vader is Vader's theme. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely you, you get to see the empire in full force in this one. So, yeah, and uh, this one, I don't know. I, I guess
0: I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this one like, over the others, but, I mean, this has got so many awesome lines in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, we'll be splicing those in throughout this episode, just like I did for the last one. Do.
1: Or oh, do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah infinitely quotable for sure
0: oh my god so many good things and vader just at the height of just badassery like <laughs> i i think i i think i commented that like if you were to critique vader in any way from episode four is like he's a bit of a of an attack dog yeah and um uh, and in this one if if you want to go with that metaphor he's off the leash on this one because he's oh, just yeah. he's just after it
1: yeah he, he's the guy in charge now because i mean tarkin is no more he died on the death star so you're just kind of like okay yeah um, i guess he's in charge now and he lets people know he's in charge <laughs> well and it's it's so funny because obviously he's
0: you know vader's extremely driven because of the failure at the nestar yeah. um but after you've seen the movie a bajillion times like i have yeah. when, you, when you when you read that that crawl now and and you and you understand like why you know it, it refers to his uh his uh his thirst to find luke skywalker and, and you know was like oh it all, it all. now i know why he's like not only because of that failure but because he knows he has a son yeah uh it, it really uh underscores uh his dark emotional path that, that that character's on
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: uh what else about hoth um you pr- I, I guess i'll mention this just because i, I feel like most people know but one of the reasons why they had to do that—that—that that, that one scene with the with the Wampa attacking Luke is because uh, Mark Hamill got into a car crash.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like pretty much that, and like the back to scene, and all those scenes where he's just like shown recovering from it is pretty much real. <laughs> uh, and Han Solo so good in this film. Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, is so good in this film.
0: But oh, I think Han might have some of the best lines ever in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Especially when he's out on the Tauntaun trying to find Luke, and he has, to, he has to cut the Tauntaun open and stuff Luke in there. I had never seen anything like this when I was a kid. I am like, oh, my God. He's yeah. using the Tauntaun as a sleeping bag.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> then the ironically, list. 10 years later, they would make sleeping bags. that are shaped like Tauntauns. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unsettling if you think about
0: it. <laughs> Oh, man. I, yeah, I, I was always fascinated by the, the the Hoth scene in general. I Something something about uh, an ice planet just kind of, like, captured my imagination. I really loved it. And, you know, maybe it's because I was growing up on the East Coast, and I loved the winters, and I loved snow because it was still new, so new for a California kid to yeah. play in snow and stuff. Loved it. So the the idea of a place where uh, snow was around the clock, and
1: I'm assuming they all had snow days. No, there was no school there ever on Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah for sure no it was I, I think one thing I liked about Hoff is how how basically it messed with everything like all the technology wasn't working because it was just so damn cold you know right, it was right, show right. That, like even you know this like I, I wouldn't say futuristic uh race of people but like you know just spacefaring you think they'd have all this stuff figured out by now but it's like no, this planet is too cold, even for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the technology uh, doesn't exist that would fix this problem.
0: There's so many lines in there about how the Rebels are having trouble adapting things to the cold. It's it's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, so, the Empire arrives. Yeah. We get, we get a great line from Vader. Uh, your favorite line. You mentioned it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he will join us or die. <laughs> oh, the other one. The other one. Oh, which one? You have failed me for the last time. Oh,
1: yeah, I use that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, The Admiral Nita one. It is Admiral Nita, right? That it's admiral Oswald, kills. And then Osley, it's, okay. It's
0: Captain, Captain Nita gets promoted to Admiral promoted after that. Admiral okay, that's right. If you want to get fast-tracked in the Empire, you just hang around with an incompetent admiral. We'll <laughs> be in charge soon enough if Vader's got anything to say about it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Osley gets killed first. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, Jesus. He chokes at at least two admirals in this film? <laughs> so, yeah, I think so.
0: Again, you're just seeing like that, that Vader off-the-leash kind of thing, which is... Uh, you know, we we sort of I know we talked about like why isn't there a Darth Vader TV show kind of set
1: yeah.
0: after you know between episodes three and four where it's just again a, a Vader off the leash hunting down Jedi's or whatever. Yeah, I mean this is this is that Vader that I want to see yeah. <laughs> more, of this, yeah. more of this Vader just That's at the sense. height, pissed off,
1: <laughs> dark side rage, so good. I mean, like yeah, arguably one of the coolest parts of Rogue One was that scene with Vader that they just decided to toss in last minute <laughs> you know I, th- I think we all
0: after the end of episode f- uh, four we're all madly in love with the millennium falcon we all mm-hmm. wanted it to be our car <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> in this movie uh, it becomes the hunk of junk that it looked like in the first one <laughs> yep and it leads to a lot of great comedy bits like where the ship just doesn't work like they can't yeah. go to hyperdrive ever and yeah. Nothing's going right. You know, Chewbacca's is like taking it apart and fighting with it the whole time. And mm-hmm. the, 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 Falcon becomes like such a, such an important character in the film.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so it's not just aesthetically cool. Like it was in the first film, but now it's like part of the cast almost. Like it's part of the star Wars mythology because like, it's this ship that you can't quite rely on. <laughs> yeah, very
1: much. And you know, it actually obviously that it's they do that to, you know, progress the story how they wanted it to. It's like basically to say, well, why didn't they just hyperdrive out of here? You know, it's like, well, because they couldn't. You know, it, it was a good way of like keeping the story like where they wanted it while plugging a, a potential plot hole of, well, why didn't they just hyperdrive to, you know, light speed to somewhere else, like we've seen they can do. So I thought that was like a a cool way of doing it without seemingly, you know, seeming forced or like random that they just didn't do that, you know?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, because because the the hyperdrive is not working, you get these awesome space scenes that you know they weren't able to necessarily do at the time. But because of the success of the of the of the first film, and obviously the 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 insane demand for Star Wars toys. I mean, yeah. the sale of the toys basically funded the development of Industrial Light and Magic, you yeah. know, for the special effects to make this film. So everything <laughs> was like ramped up by ten for this for this new movie. So you're getting these cool space uh, chases between Tie Fighters and the Falcon, and you got oh, the yeah. Star behind them, and then you're in an asteroid field with oh, rocks smashing together. It's so bananas, awesome! It's yeah. the craziest, coolest thing. Uh, it, it captured my imagination, my heart when I was a kid. It still does to this day. I still watch the scene and be like, "This is almost fucking perfect." <laughs> don't because
1: tell me the odds. You don't have to do this to impress me, sir. The possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately three thousand seven hundred twenty to one.
0: Never tell me the odds. <laughs> Again, more incredible lines, and and because of like the this this uh, this pressure that 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 Hans under to to. To to save everybody, to save Princess Leia, after they've been fighting for the entire first third of the film, yeah, um, yeah, you get so so <laughs> yeah. many good lines, and you have uh, like C three PO at the height of, of panic and fear-inducing <laughs> terror, you know, uh,
1: just telling him crazy statistical odds. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was it, three thousand seven hundred fifty to one, or something like that? <laughs> it was twenty to one. Was that? I think, was, I think it was twenty at the end. Was it twenty? There, there, was odds, there was two odds that he gives uh, <laughs> like for, like there's one for the asteroid field and one for something else. But yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Cause they, they asked it at the trivia night and I got, I got one of them, right. Right. And the other one, I, I couldn't remember it was like 50 <laughs> or 70. I can't remember. But
0: yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's, it's so great. Uh, and then again, you're in the asteroid field. So you get the cool move with the Falcon going into the asteroid Oh yeah, <laughs> where we find out he's not in an asteroid at all. He's actually in a giant space slug.
1: But yeah, you, that was pretty cool.
0: You get these wonderful scenes uh, with with with, uh, with Han Solo and Princess Leia, and again, you know, you spend that opening that opening sequence on Hoth with them fighting with each other.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and then you got you you kind of get these these moments where, as exasperated as they are with each other, you you start to see their their feelings and the actual connection they have with each other, and it's yeah. it's wonderful. And even as a little boy. You know who could give a crap about a love story? I was like, "Yay, Han Solo and Princess Leia!" Yay. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, you get that, like that, 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 that kiss in the corridor. Then, of course, C-3PO comes in and ruins it. And it's, <laughs> as he is apt to do, yes. <laughs> as he as he's apt to do. So let's let's put a pin in in, in that particular storyline. We'll, yeah. we'll leave them in the asteroid field with Vader in hot pursuit. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about. The, potentially like the biggest gamble for, for this movie which is taking Luke out of the mix
1: yeah
0: and sending him off on a Jedi quest on his first kind of quest as a as a new burgeoning Jedi. Yep. And and you send him again off on his own. He's with R2 so you know you got you got two great characters together. Yeah. yeah. But he's he's removed from the storyline effectively. <laughs> so that he can go and hang out with a little green puppet in a swamp. <laughs> yep. And it totally works. <laughs> <laughs> they they pulled it off. It was amazing. I mean, again, I, I referenced that, that documentary Empire of Dreams. I mean, you you can watch it and and t- see the people who were on, on the production and just like the the the, the, the doubt that that was filling them when they're like like this is never gonna play.
1: <laughs>
0: like like this is the gonna be the Jedi masters and teach Luke how to be a Jedi and save the galaxy? Yeah. Are, you, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> But it plays, and it plays insanely well, and and uh, 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 I think all the credit in the world goes goes to Frank Oz, yeah, for for wonderful puppeteering and 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 kind of bringing that character to life with a wonderful performance. Because you, ha- I, I love the Yoda deception.
1: Yeah, you know he's <laughs> just like this
0: like impish little troublemaker at the beginning of the of the film, just to test Luke. Yeah. He so annoyed it. the whole thing with Yoda and R2 fighting for the flashlight and all these things I mean it's yeah. just... now the one hole I do have in, in the prequels is like how come R2 doesn't recognize Master Yoda but you know whatever that's for a different day
1: sure <laughs> yeah <huh? laughs>
0: maybe R2 just really liked that flashlight I don't know it didn't matter <laughs> But uh, uh, what, what was your feeling on, on the Dagobah scenes? Like, how how did you process those? Were they, were they, they, were they, did you enjoy them, or did they
1: slow down the pace too much for you? I mean, I'm trying to think back of how I took them at the time. I, I think, you know, it definitely is like a slower pace. I mean, after we got so much action going from Hoth to, you know, the escape from the asteroid field and all that. And then you really slow everything back down to a crawl when you get back to Hoth, because it's... Literally just this sluggish swamp planet. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, the Dagobah, and you're just like, yeah, the the pacing does definitely slow down, but I think as a kid, it's still like it's still alluring enough because you're like, oh, this planet looks kind of spooky, you know? It's like a like a haunted forest swamp you know mixture thing that you're just like oh what's going on here and then you see who you know you don't know yet is yoda you just see this little guy is just being annoying and you know as a kid you find it kind of funny and then you know even in later viewings it's still it's still pretty comical but uh yeah Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> definitely uh you you start to see that like you know luke's kind of getting like frustrated and desperate trying to find this yoda guy <laughs> yeah and uh when he finally finds it out, you're just like, "Oh wow, <laughs> I didn't pick that one up." Well, and yeah,
0: be, uh, how do how do I want to how do I want to say it? It's it does slow it down, but it's still it, it's still fascinating to watch because this is you know Obi Wan kind of gave us little bits and pieces of of Jedi lore and, and Jedi wisdom and, and kind of like yeah. what the Jedi are all about. But this is where we start getting, like the Jedi mysticism,s and uh, we we start getting it at full force, full four, and and we start to see the way Luke acted, you know, even back in Episode Four, you know, kind of, you know, impulsively and, and rashly, and he, him still behaving that way, and we're like the the realization that uh, that's not the path, yeah. you know, that's, that's that is that is not the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 again, you 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 start to realize like what it takes to be a Jedi, and it's not just rushing into action headfirst and this this kind of like a, a, a naive courage or you know naive lack of fear. It's sure. it's much more. It's so much more complex. And you know, Lucas has talked about how the Force is like boiling down in like religion, but it's also kind of like boiling down warrior cultures in, in a lot of senses too. Because yeah. It's not about again, and this is something that's kind of hammered home in Jedi, but it's like not just about killing the bad guy. Yeah, like you can't just walk around with the lightsaber and start cutting people's heads off. <laughs> yeah, like that is that's not the path.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I th- I think especially as a kid, because I think Luke is the character that most kids gravitate towards. Yeah, you're you're fascinated by all this stuff. Like you you are drawn into it. And, and you, do, you do see, like, the, the Jedi training and, and the, the, the floating rocks and all, all these things. And yeah. I, I think it does capture your, your imagination, especially as you're young.
1: Yeah, yeah. Once he actually starts getting into the actual training bits, it starts getting really good just to see, you know, oh, man, he's running through here doing flips and making rocks float. And he, even up to the point where, you know, he has to face his fear in the cave, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Yoda has such fucking
0: practical wisdom that applies yeah. to, like, real life. <laughs> you know, do or do not. There is no try. Like, that's great life advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: you don't have to be a Jedi to want to follow those kind of rules. Exactly. There, there's been a number of times where I've just found that line to be so practical in advice I'm giving people. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like you just got to either stick to it or don't even bother. You know, like. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, a, there's a really – there's a, a bit of a, a
0: philosophical bent in in this film, uh, particularly with the, with the Dagobah scenes with, with Yoda uh, that I – again, I just find fascinating to watch. And and um, I don't know. It just really kind of helps underscore the yeah. – what they're trying to say about good and evil and, and, and fighting space fascists. Like it's not yeah. just about killing them and blowing them all away. Yeah. Like because that makes you just like them. Uh-huh. And and I love that it's 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 wonderful stuff. And oh, excuse me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess the the funny part is is is, and I know why they did it. It's it's a storytelling trick. It's it's. But but Luke's like kind of like reluctance to to follow Master Yoda's advice because he's just so impatient and so brash and and headstrong, yes. is. It's like, oh man, that's so frustrating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely just just going from, you know, the way Obi-Wan was teaching him, just you know, very, very calmly, but very, you know, almost fatherly to an extent. Whereas Yoda is it was very much more of a stern teacher in the sense that he's like, No, this is this is how you gotta do it, otherwise it's not gonna work. Yeah, it's like it, they they had very different teaching ways, but um, and you know, you could definitely tell that he was getting frustrated with the way that Yoda was going about it. But you know, as we see, his way was probably the right way, and that brashness, as echoed in the prequels, is what makes things go south. You know.
0: Yeah, and I I, I think that's something that's important to remember too. Just like just like you said, uh. You know, being a Jedi can go south pretty fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: You know, it is about the, the, that calmness, that clarity, and and yeah. um, you know, being. It it is funny the. Uh, I'm not quite sure the best way to put it. Jedi Jedi's are are, are tricky beasts. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and and as I've gotten older, I, I I've decided I don't really care for their philosophies per se. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but in in this movie in particular, they're they're very pure. Because they're very uh, clearly distilled. Sure. It, it's it's as the mythology kind of grows and gets deeper with the expanded universe and even into the prequels, where you're like, okay, well, I, I now I recognize like hypocrisy in the Jedi order. But in this movie, it's very, it's it's the uh, Jedi is very crystallized, and sure. I, I love that. I like again, I've mentioned it before. I like I like I like, uh, like that kind of like emotional clarity with my good guys and my bad guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you know who's who, and it it definitely does give you. Kind of a sense of security that you're like, okay, I'm back in the right guy here. Yeah. But
0: and I know I know we uh, I know we differ on our opinions on Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But how did it really uh, so <laughs> <laughs> So Yoda's the one who has to raise Luke's X Wing out of the swamp after Luke's crashed it there? Sure, yeah. And I know a lot of people felt like there was some kind of weird vindication with Luke's force ghost finally being able to do this.
1: Yeah, honestly, I didn't even make the connection. I just thought it was like, oh, that's a cool callback. But I, I didn't put that together. I, I guess either I'm dumb or that's dumb.
0: Something's you, dumb.
1: Well, so because of that, <laughs> something's dumb.
0: How did – uh, so after – I mean, you've, you've watched Luke be on Dagobah, and you've watched him fail yeah. at a couple of different things. Yeah. And he's still going to rush off because he, he gets that, that Force vision, that Force premonition about, about – bad things for for, for uh, Han and Leia and, and Chewbacca and everybody else. Yeah. And so, again, he doesn't heed Master Yoda's. I mean, again, do you find that frustrating? Or do you, like, understand his impulsiveness to rush off and save his friends?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a very tough, tough situation. Because it's like, you know, the Jedi way is basically about letting go. About mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's very almost like Buddhist in a way. That you're just kind of like... You have to let go of everything to stop the suffering. Um, and that aspect of it is is—it's you know, definitely something that, you know, you'd like to strive towards. But in a sense, it almost doesn't feel realistic because it's like, well, I can't just be here and let go of all the things that I care about. You know, like these are legitimate things to care about. These are the closest things I have to a family right now to, to Luke, you know. So you you can get behind his choice in going there. And at the same time, you kind of almost want to be like, maybe, maybe they're wrong. Maybe everyone's wrong and he is going to pull through this. You know, that's kind of what you, what you feel as a kid, because you, you almost, you've been there. You know, you're like, you know, they keep telling me to do things this way, but I think my way is the right way. And it's not until you see that firsthand that you, that you learn from it. You know, it's like, no. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, to,
0: it's another way that this this film like totally uh, like like subverts expectations. Yeah. You know. Because, you know. I, I it obviously just like Luke does. I think when, when he's told to go to Dagobah and look for a Jedi master, he's envisioning some great warrior. Yeah. You know, and like yo, know, you know, what does that conjure up in your mind? Like some, you know, tall, ripped dude with a lightsaber and flowing <laughs> hair, and like you know, like, some whatever like that. And then you get Yoda, which yeah. is the pretty much the polar opposite of what you what you expected. Yeah. Uh, it, but and just like just like Luke's decision to, to abandon his training because he feels that he has to go and save his friends. Yeah. And then when you're watching the film, you're like, yeah, Luke's going to go and save the fucking day. <laughs> and then you you watch it play. You're like Luke didn't go and save the day at all. Luke almost <laughs> got everyone fucking killed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's very and, true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause, uh, you know, Leia and Chewie and everybody, they, they managed to escape on their own. They have to go back and save Luke. So, yeah. Luke definitely uh, monkeys the monkey is the monkey in the wrench in this film so I I love that subverting the expectations kind of like and again we we alluded to it or we talked a little bit about it last show with the you know Luke's kind of hero's journey his you know Joe Campbell hero of a thousand faces kind of thing and and so the, these tests and him failing these tests is uh is awesome to see because again like it's, it's something I don't I don't think uh well I, I shouldn't criticize parents because I don't know enough of them but i I, I think sometimes the kids um aren't allowed to experience failure anymore and and failures for me failure was the greatest teacher i ever had in my life definitely and and, and even as an adult it's the greatest teacher i've ever had in my life so seeing this as a kid was just like just (laughs) just mind blown like just (laughs) fucking up all over the place in this flick (laughs) and he's like And we were we were going into this movie, like yeah, Luke's gonna have his his lightsaber, he's gonna like fuck up Darth Vader, it's gonna be a badass movie. And you're just watching him kind of get kicked in the nuts, you know, for two hours.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean it's his place- fucking hand cut off. <laughs> yeah, like it all culminates to that point. You're just like, Man, this is like how does it get worse from here? You know, <laughs> like he's hit rock bottom,
0: basically. All right, so let's let's stop Luke's journey and go back to to our to our friends on the Falcon yeah they 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 realize that they are in a uh, space slug living inside of a meteor yeah <laughs> they on does it in a crazy maneuver where he goes into attack position against a bunch of star destroyers and they they uh, they latch the falcon into the back of the star destroyer which is fucking brilliant oh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> now also by this point we have seen the introduction of one of my favorite aspects of the star wars universe that is the bounty hunters on the bridge of the star destroyer <laughs> yep you know Bosk and Zuckus, and Forlom and Dengar and and, and Boba Fett, IG88,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> all of them. And it's just like this <laughs> menagerie of, of characters, uh, as, as, particularly in this in this film where it's very much Rebels Empire, and that's it. You know, yeah. you, you don't get like that, that kind of grayish area that we saw a little bit of in back in Mos Eisley in Episode Four, yeah. But you you see these 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 bounty hunter characters, and they're so fucking visually exciting to look at and obviously yeah. the standout of the group is is boba fett
1: yeah
0: you know the t-shaped visor the body armor the full helmet the rocket pack you look at this character and you're just like this guy looks awesome <laughs> yep and i think his screen time totals something like two minutes in the film <laughs> Oh yeah, but he definitely but, stuck with people but he sucks he, yeah i mean he's he, he he's like a he's like an earworm you know he, he, once you get the boba fett in your eyes you can't get rid of him so i guess that makes him an eye worm
1: yeah, well,
0: that sounds a little creepy. <laughs> but Boba Fett, we we find out, and again, this is a, a this kind of gets fleshed out, and I think I think in the role playing game. Yeah. Uh, but we find out that Boba Fett and Han Solo have history. Oh. And that's sort of kind of alluded to a little bit in the flick. Just, yeah. and I think you know that just because you know, like Boba Fett knows Han's tricks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they they when they when they detach the Falcon to float away with the with the trash. The trash, yeah. And. And Slave 1 is in the trash. He's right there behind him, yeah. (laughs) Which, that's got to be a strange call to make, right? Like, like you're getting ready to go visit Darth Vader and a bunch of other bounty hunters, you know, to get get an assignment. And you're on with, like, the landing crew and the searchers. Like, hey, can I park in the trash compactor? Is that cool? (laughs) They're like, why? You'll you'll see. Don't ask me questions. (laughs) But still, uh, an amazing scene. I, I, I still love watching to this day, watching the Imperial trash come out of the Star Destroyer and seeing where Slave One is before uh, it, its engines fire up and it pursues. It begins this pursuit of the Falcon.
1: Yeah, that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and so our heroes still on the run, malfunctioning hyperdrive. They've they've outwitted the Empire uh, for now, at least, yeah. and they're they're going to make their way. To Cloud City. To, to, the best bit is the planet. Cloud City is the name of the of the town. The the Cloud City the yeah. name of the city. <laughs> pretty spot on. And yeah. so we get another stunningly stunning visual location in 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 Cloud City, uh, a a floating city that li- is is uh, above a gas giant of a planet. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Now that I now that we're talking about it, this is one of the enhanced scenes from the special edition. They they do a lot more to kind of glam up cloud city oh, okay yeah this is this is one of the areas that, that they enhanced a bit more and, and put a little bit more shine on, <laughs> on, on cloud city nice and uh uh again those things didn't th- I, those are tweaks i don't think that bother me too much i'd have to rewatch it again but i, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think i rubbed up against those too hard
1: yeah yeah if it's subtle i think it's okay
0: <clears throat> excuse me yeah and uh so what do you, th- well, let's just start with like, what are your thoughts on Cloud City?
1: You know, honestly, like it, it's, when you first see it, you're just like, oh, this is completely different from anything we've seen. You know, it's like, literally there, you you kind of have this, uh, inkling at the back of your mind. You're like, well, what's the planet like? You know, okay. it's like, <laughs> you know, we're way above in the clouds, but you're like, what, what's below them? What's, what's going on here? Why is it like this? Why are they in the clouds? Um, but it's, it's definitely like a really cool like environmental design you know and i I think that's one thing that you know is just so great about all the star wars movies is how they just make all these cool environments and that's something i I think i would have liked to have seen a little more in the new movies is that you know these the planets that you see in them are kind of like okay yeah it's it's another desert planet or you know it's another jungle planet it's like no like you need things like cloud city you know something that we don't see in the real world you know it's just kind of out there it's an abstract concept yeah, they're, 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 yeah i
0: mean I, i'm sure we'll get to, we'll get to very specific episodes about the jj trilogy at some point sure uh, but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of echoes from from this main series but not enough innovative new locales i suppose
1: yeah that, that's right. that, that, that's
0: my personal qualm you know if, if people disagree with me that's okay that's no okay. I,
1: I i agree with you on that for sure <laughs> uh
0: so yeah i mean you know we've we, Again, we find out more about Besson, but mostly through expanded universe stuff like the role-playing game or whatever. You know, to, uh-huh. I, Lando makes a passing reference to to gas mining and, and things yeah. of that nature. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we find, and, and again, we should emphasize this is our introduction to Lando. Yeah, this is great, <laughs> Billy and, <D>. Williams, <laughs> Billy Dee. And uh, um, what's the best way to put this? I I guess it's just like I I again as a kid, one of my favorite things about Star Wars was was knowing, uh. That this like lived-in universe, uh-huh. these characters had things in their lives from before the movies were taking place. So like, yeah. there's this whole like Han Solo adventures, and <laughs> and, and it was part of it. And this is a guy from those adventures, and
1: yeah.
0: he, he runs a city in the clouds now, and he's got cool capes and stuff like that. And he's got pretty badass-looking hair and a cool mustache.
1: Oh yeah, and very suave. <laughs> very very suave.
0: Well, hello. <laughs> what have we here? Yeah, I mean it's again, again finding like a friend of Han Solo is... I mean, again, Han's a character you love, so you're like, oh, yeah. any any friend of Han's. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Princess Leia is a little suspect of him.
1: You know, she's yeah. not so
0: easy to, easy to trust. She seems to be the one kind of aware that like, okay, cool, let's just get the hybrid I fixed and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yep. You know, she doesn't trust him, uh, and again, it, it, it's it's. I don't know if this is a, a subverting expectations thing again, but you think, you think you're think you with Han's friends, so you think their characters are safe, but they're yeah. not, because obviously the bounty hunter was tracking them, the bounty hunter figured out where they were going. And again, as, as we, we talked about, Belle has a history with both of these characters. Yeah. Uh, so once he knew, you know, he plotted there, once he figured out, they, he called ahead, and they're like, hey, by the way, the Empire's coming too.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what they and, do. So you,
0: so you get the you get the the first Star Wars double cross, where, where Orlando has to sell out his friends to, to protect his uh, his uh his mining outfit in Cloud City.
1: Sure. Um. Yeah, to protect Lobot,
0: you know. Oh, Lobot, <laughs> the super assassin of our new Star Wars trilogy that we're producing. That Lobot. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Script can't, the way
0: Can't wait i'm going make roger shave his beard and his head to play lobot all
1: right i'm get my cybernetics install we'll be good to go uh, again
0: yeah sorry I just, I just had a flash of like the robot chicken thing where they go to dinner with darth vader and cloud city yeah. <laughs> where they actually sit down and have dinner together and it's like super awkward oh uh, that was so good that's yeah, a great bit um sorry that's just flashed in my head so i started chuckling uh, yeah so again we get, we get, we get I'm, I'm trying to sorry I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit here because I'm trying to like, parse out which section of the, of Cloud City I want to talk about Yeah. because the betrayals start coming fast and furious you know C3PO gets blown away yeah. which is like oh okay what just happened there
1: <laughs>
0: uh, you know Chewbacca's like running around looking for him then all of a sudden they go to the dinner scene Han pulls the gun on Vader Vader pulls the gun away from Han He's like, nope. Then it's time for dinner on robot chicken. <laughs> then it's, it's time for uh, Han to get tortured. You got that crazy like lever chair with going into the needles. Yeah, that
1: just <laughs> like, looks terrible.
0: No, they they upgraded from that from that interrogator droid that Princess Leia got in Episode Four to like some kind of like
1: bed of needles. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, that looks fucking awful. Needles, electrical circuits, exposed wiring. Doesn't look yeah. fun. Yeah, doesn't look fun. <laughs> uh, you know.
0: Obviously, our heroes are detained at that point. So they throw they they throw Han into the cell, and he's like, you know, I feel terrible. And <laughs> yeah, I bet you, I bet you do, buddy. Uh, yeah. But but again, the whole thing plays out, and I, I love the fact that I mean, almost from the jump in this movie, our our heroes have felt in peril the entire time. Yeah. And, and at this point in the film, you know, you're you're kind of thinking like, oh shit, good thing Lou's coming, right? Because they all need to get their asses saved. Yeah. <laughs> So you're kind of buying into the fact that like Luke has to has to leave Dagobah to go save his friends. Yeah, yeah. Except we find out Lando's not quite the the double crossing backstabber that that we they want us to think he is at first. Sure. You know, sure Han gets frozen in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> not great, not great. But you know, I guess it had to happen, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It was it was the safest way out, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this, the 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 carbon freezing scene in particular. I mean what a what a fascinating scene and and just like it's visually interesting it's visually stimulating to watch and and you're seeing something happen to a character that you that you love and you're like i don't understand like what's happening now (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) like you have a a vague understanding that he's still alive through all of this but uh but barely (laughs) you know you're like damn this is pretty much as as low as you can get for this character
0: well, and, it, and it's another way it raises the stakes now because uh, Hans in this Carbonite and and the bounty you know Bowsett is about to take him away to the bounty hunter. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, he's about to take him to Jabba the Hut, the character he's yeah. been trying to avoid or in, in slash payback since since uh, episode four.
1: Yeah,
0: and and the and the and the stakes just raise a little bit higher, and, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, now what's going to happen in this movie? You know, the, this this escalation of of things keeps happening.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and you're just you're again. I think you're kind of you kind of. Unless you've seen the movie 7,000 times like us,
1: <laughs> you know, that first time around, you're like, Well, Luke's gonna show up, it's gonna yeah, be fine, we'll <laughs> hey, save everybody, you'll be okay. It's all
0: good, Luke's got this, it's a Jedi <laughs> Knight now. Man, he's got the lightsaber, he's got his cool new tan khakis on, <laughs> he yeah, still has all- two aliens. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a plus at that point. Oh, my goodness, but again, it all goes on a dime, it changes so quickly. But I, I, I again, uh, Lando turns, helps Leia, helps Chewie. But by this point, uh, as this is going on, Luke's arriving, and and Luke's being led into a, a giant trap, basically. Yep. And as Leia yells at him <laughs> over mm-hmm. blaster fire, uh, so okay, we kind of know where where Han. L- L- uh, I'm sorry, we kind of well, well, we do kind of where Han, Leia, and, and Chewie all end up at that point. But let, let's get into into the Vader and Luke, sure. of it. You know the, the, the real meat. Like this is where like the the real gravitas oh, yeah. of the story comes out, and I, it's I, you know it's easy to find criticism of the episode four lightsaber battle between Vader and Obi Wan.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: you know for not being super intricate or whatever. Yeah, that's all well and good, but in this film, the way that Vader toys with Luke <laughs> yeah, and kind of, kind of sort of makes Luke think he has like, thinks he has a chance. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Now to lose credit, he does get some shots in that, yeah. that Vader looks like, okay, he's not quite the patsy that I, or putts that I think he is. <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> he just, he's, not, he's like the untrained, you know, he sees the ability, the potential, uh, yeah. For for Vader's own purposes, which, which we get a little highlight of in in Jedi, but actually no, you get him right in this right in this movie. Never mind, I take it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way he plays with Lucas is fascinating. I love it. You have the scene in the carbon freezing chamber, which is so good. Again, uh-huh. Vader's just standing there with one hand, easily deflecting things, constantly uh, uh, Flips us the carbonite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Vader does think he he he. Got he has Luke and the carbonite, but uh, no, he's fast enough to realize what's going on, and he jumps out.
1: <laughs> just hops but out.
0: But then the uh, then yeah, just hops out. He's like, man, eh, I'm good. <laughs> uh, the the part where I'm really was really just impressed with with not only the fight scene in particular, but what was. Vader's mastery of the force on full on on display as he's just hurling objects at yeah. Luke. <laughs> and it was uh awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, honestly that scene was super cool, just in that uh you know, just Luke doesn't know where Vader is for for some of that fight. Like it's it's filmed a lot like a horror movie in a sense, you know. Um I was watching a you know a, an analysis of that and they, they were talking about that and you're just You get this like tension of like a horror movie where you're just like, okay, he's just there and he has no idea where Vader is. And then he just starts getting stuff hurled at him and then he just gets blown out the window and all this stuff, you know, and you're just like, wow, like he how is he going to beat Vader at the end of this? You know, like you're just slowly like losing faith, just seeing how bad this is getting and you have no idea where he's going to, you know, come out on top. And you find out that he doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really great, and and again, I just I just kind of love the casual ease <laughs> that that uh-huh. Vader's kind of dealing with uh, with Luke Skywalker at this at this point. Just you know, Luke's not. Uh, you know, attuned to the force, he's not aware of these objects that are coming from behind him. So he's like swinging after they've already hit him, and and things yeah. like that. And you, you know, I mean, you're really seeing Luke like just untrained. Hey, like, hey maybe he should have stayed on Dagobah at this point. <laughs> yep, very true. Now, granted, like I mean, Luke does enough to to fend Vader off and and kind of keep the fight going. Yeah, but uh, but but once you get on that catwalk, that, that uh that's where things get like real dicey, real fast for Luke. Oh uh, yeah, quite literally. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know Luke scores a scores a shot on Vader's uh, right shoulder. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Vader has a counter for that, and it's called uh, cutting his hands his son's hand off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which again, another moment where, as, as a young person, you're just like, what?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was his lightsaber hand, and now that's gone too. Yeah, it literally got disarmed. <laughs> How's he gonna win? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible
0: oh my gosh ah ah and then obviously that that goes into the into the scene we we open the show talking about like the you know the luke scooting back the the revelation from vader you know i am your father you know join me and together we will rule the dark uh, we will rule the galaxy as father and son yeah you're just like what is gonna happen now (laughs) (laughs) because at this point uh, uh, Leia and, and and Lando and Chewie and the and the droids, they're on the Falcon. They're getting the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're like, no one else is coming for Luke Skywalker.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just like, nope, that's it for him, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and again, so like Luke, Luke makes the choice. You know, he'd rather die than than join the dark side, and and mm-hmm. whether or not he's processed his feelings or or believes Vader's claim. Yeah um you know he 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 decides that you know what i'm just gonna go off this thing yep now because it's star wars no <laughs> <laughs> nothing bad's gonna happen to luke skywalker necessarily not in the not in this trilogy at least sure yeah so he it's uh it gets, it gets sucked into like some kind of like air portal thing
1: yeah a little trash shoot or something <laughs> yeah and, he, and he's able to reach out with through the force
0: and and communicate to leia who as as i, I should go back because as as a as Luke is leaving Dagobah and the, the force ghost of Ben Kenobi is trying to stop him from leaving. Yeah. You know, he and Yoda do have a quick exchange where they talk about, uh, you know, Ben says he was, that boy was our last hope. And, and it was like, no, there is another, which again is a little weird. Cause you would think Ben would know, but <laughs> we're not going to examine some of the, the, just the stretching of the truth that the prequels did. Okay.
1: Yeah. They, they, they're good at that.
0: We're not going to do that right now. That's for a different show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Yoda drops that line, and you're like, "What's he talking about?" And it, it kind of isn't until that moment where Luke reaches out to Leia. Yeah, where you wonder is like, "Is this? Is this? Is is it Leia? Is Leia gonna be a Jedi too?"
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. But again, they go back. They're able to get Luke, and our and our heroes. They're they're on the run again. They're taking flight, but it's all good because the Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive has been fixed. Yeah, well, there are those people who took care of it. It's all good in the hood <laughs> until it isn't, <laughs> because Vader. After Luke jumps off the thing, Vader goes back up to the Super Star Destroyer, and the first thing out of his mouth is, <laughs> "The, the, the uh, what is it? Uh, your your team just activated the deactivated the lightspeed on the Millennium Falcon." Yes, and like yes, sir, it's been taken care of. Something along <laughs> those lines. I'll get the exact quote for you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lando th- grabs the throttle, pulls it back, and just. <laughs> and Chewbacca loses his shit, and it's awesome. <laughs> He's like, "God
1: damn it!" But the best part is the look between
0: Leia and Chewbacca as they turn to look at Lando. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh
1: man!
0: A movie full of incredible moments, and again, you're you're just, you're just watching your heroes get get kicked in the in the privates. Over. <laughs> And you're like, well, how the fuck is this movie going to end? <laughs> Luckily, R2-D2, being the savvy astromech droid that he is, <laughs> learned of this from the city central computer, even though C-3PO told him never to trust a strange computer, which is sound yeah. advice in this day of AIs. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But R2, uh, does, you know, he's not going to listen to 3 po So he has whatever the hell it is he needs to fix the hyperdrive. And our heroes rocket off into space just as the tractor beam was about to lock onto them.
1: <laughs>
0: and Vader does the, the double take. Like, what? <laughs> and he kind of like storms off the bridge and, and Admiral Piet is is just waiting to get Force choked. And luckily <laughs> for him, it does not happen. Though he will get a uh, A-Wing through the head in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers! He does. <laughs> and again, I mean, and that, that's that, that, that's that, that that our heroes make their escape, yeah. Uh, but the empire has struck back mightily. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the Falcons is able to rendezvous with the rebels after the after they all evacuate Echo the Base. They beat to the rendezvous point. Luke has to get a new his new ro- robot hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and realize that there's a, there's a plan. They're gonna try and get Han back from from Jabba, and Lando's gonna be a part of it. Him and Chewie are taken off, and it's it's uh. I don't want to say it ends like, like as a downer or as like a big bummer or anything like that. Cause I mean, it tries to give you that hope again. Yeah. And, 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 but I mean, our heroes just got beat down pretty hard for two hours. And, <laughs> two hours beat
1: down. <laughs> and I uh, Every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how did you process that ending? Oh man. You know, I, I just, I look back remembering that and, you know, I think we, we were mentioning it a little bit earlier where we were saying you know it's like everything culminated to that point and then you're like wait it ends here you know like you just have like luke and leia pretty much luke just kind of flexing his robot hand and you know they're kind of just looking towards the the galaxy on the ship and you're just like man it's like you get the sense of hope but at the same time you're just like we lost a lot here you know (laughs) like the the good guys are beaten and you're like how do you come back from this? And honestly, I think it's it's just one of the best cliffhangers of all time because you're just like everything went wrong. How do you fix all of this? Like there's so yeah. many loose ends that you're wanting to fix. And you know, for the people that watched it in the theaters, they had to wait what three years for it <laughs> to yeah. be fixed. Yeah, uh, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, again, this this is uh um the the Star Wars saga taught me a lot about storytelling. Particularly this original trilogy, which is beginning, middle, and end, yeah. and, and this movie to end that way, uh, where it was like just so much unresolved stuff. You're like, what's happening right now? Like, yeah, <laughs> <what is> this. <laughs> now, again, I, 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 because of my age, I, I it was, I, I I think both all the movies were pretty much. I, I don't think I had to wait long to see Jedi. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, got, I got a fairly quick resolution. Um, as as that but also I was so young that I don't think I was necessarily processing all of it at the same time either. Yeah. It wasn't until like those millions of subsequent viewings, you know, over summers with VHSs and stuff like that, that that I really kind of pulled the layers back on 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 these films. But yeah, yeah I mean, man, what a <laughs> just what a great flip. Uh, Because it's so anti uh, Hollywood in in so many senses, you know?
1: That's true, yeah.
0: But obviously, at this point, I mean, Star Wars was a phenomenon, so we knew there was going to be a third one. Or there'd be a third one. So, any question of there being a a, a concluding chapter, I think by this point was (laughs) kind of over. That's true. So, rubble ships are coming into our sector. Good. Our first catch of the day, Roger. Uh, any, any, anything else you kind of want to want to say about this film?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's rare that you get like a movie that fits within a genre that is you know awesome for the genre and also awesome as a movie. You know, I think outside of being a Star Wars movie, it's a great movie in terms of just you know that the pacing of, you know, action and character development and just constantly subverting expectations in a way that, you know, you hear about a lot today, but you really get the sense of it in these, you know, classic movies. And, you know, you you get a lot of movies, you know, I I always go back to, for example, maybe, maybe hot take for some people. um, But like Iron Man three, I thought, was a good movie but a bad iron man movie <laughs> you know and it was like sure, sure whereas you know empire strikes back is not only a great star wars movie but a great movie on its own you know yeah like, and I, I think you know obviously i have a little bit of nostalgia for it and a, a little bit of an affinity for it just because you know it was like a movie that my dad saw as you know a great movie that could stand alone you know But um, definitely, I I think it holds up, um, holds up to this day. And there's just so many awesome things about it that just really give you that like Star Wars in a nutshell. Like if there was one movie, you're like, all right, if you want to know why we like Star Wars, watch this movie. And even even without context, I think people could be like, okay, yeah, I, I get it, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I to kind of find find another comparison. Uh, the, the one I kind of go to a lot is actually um, is actually The Dark Knight. Yeah, I think The Dark Knight is a great Batman movie. But if you take Batman out of it, it's still a really good fucking crime movie. Exactly. Like if you just replace Batman with like a with like a detective on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it still holds up as a as a really great movie that explores. Uh, uh, crime and the nature of crime and the nature of of, of, of duality and mentality and, and craziness. There's a whole thing there. Yeah, that, that's really enjoyable. Uh-huh. So yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, to me, Empire is kind of like the crowning achievement of the Star Wars saga. Yeah. Uh, because you know, and we talked about all those reasons, like the subverting of expectations and and our our heroes, our beloved heroes, just uh, uh getting slapped around by this this you know tyrannical empire that is we we, we we finally see the the real kind of like might of in this film yeah, yeah. And, and and like our 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 boy wonder hero you know luke skywalker just failing left and right so yeah I, I i love this flip for so many of those things um but again it would it would pale in comparison if 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 uh, if they didn't more or less, stick the landing in Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, those two things do have to work well together, and sure. I think for the most part they do. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Jedi, you know, in next week or in two weeks at the latest. Sure. Uh, yeah. But what I wanted to do now, and this will be a, a first for us, but I thought I'd give it a try. Okay. Is I'm I'm on the IMDb's, and yeah. they have the, the trivia section. Okay. So, like you know, like facts about the about the production that that maybe we don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right. So now, granted, there are there are 230 of these. We're not okay. going to do all 230. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had them sorted by. Uh, in it, it says interesting, so I guess most interesting will be first, and we'll kind of go down the list.
1: Yeah.
0: And once they stop being interesting to us, we'll stop talking about it.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. All
0: right. So the first piece of trivia on IMDb for Empire Strikes Back is. Uh, David Prouse was unaware that Darth Vader was Luke's father until he saw the movie. And he oh, was wow. quite upset with George Lucas afterwards, saying his physical acting would have been completely different if he'd known the real line.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting.
0: That is definitely interesting. Now, because because I knew the I knew the kind of like the story there, uh, I'm not I'm not surprised that he was upset with Lucas afterwards. But uh at, also David Prouse thinks himself to be quite an act quite like a high level actor and yeah he has a very high opinion of himself
1: yeah that, that's, that's definitely what i've come to find i mean he was
0: he was yeah he was also upset that lucas like, just a like, voiceover to him from the beginning so i mean sure. whatever
1: <laughs> i mean at that point he should have just known what to expect from lucas
0: <laughs> right all right so our next piece of trivia this this movie premiered at a limited number of theaters, and those all in large metropolitan areas, because it was first released only in 70 millimeter film, for which only the largest and most prosperous movie theaters had projectors. Huh. This is written very strangely. It, okay, it, w- it was many weeks later that the movie w- was released on standard 35mm film for other theaters in North America and around the world. Yeah.
1: I wonder what the difference is. I I'm not a film media buff. <laughs> is that like IMAX versus regular? <laughs> or like what would be the I difference think
0: that's right? a I think that's a reasonable comparison. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh here now here, now here's one I think we'll 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 all be into. Okay. So Jason Wingreen Jason Wingreen was the uncredited voice of Boba Fett. A fact not confirmed until the year 2000. Wingreen had originally auditioned to voice Yoda. In a 2010 <laughs> interview, Wingreen noted his lines were completed in only 10 minutes. However, <laughs> Wingreen complained he never received residuals for the role, even though audio of his voice was used for talking Boba Fett toys and collectibles. Huh. As a result, Wingreen noted he has no love for George Lucas
1: interesting he's no good to me dead that's that that kind of sucks i mean i i mean i know his voice is no longer in it now but uh right
0: he's been uh ed- edited out for uh, tamura Morrison, morrison uh, who uh, played Django fett
1: yep yep i mean it makes sense but you know it is what it is, I suppose. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I should interject here real quick too, because I
0: there there is one aspect of this film that we totally forgot to talk about that I, I had met, wanted to mention. What's that? And and I'm curious if you are aware of this. All right. <laughs> Originally, this the this this movie is our first glimpse of Emperor Palpatine. Yes. In in the holographic communication that he has with Darth Vader. <laughs> but were you aware that the Emperor was originally played by a different
1: actor? Oh, really? I, I wasn't aware that it was a different actor. I knew it was a different face. It was like this I weird was, face. I,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. I mean, uh, it's a different actor. Uh, the actor's name, I think it was uh, Gla- uh, Graham Re- Reveal, Revi- 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 Revile something along those lines. And okay. uh, he has I wouldn't say a very different voice uh, um, from the Emperor Palpatine that we know and love, but different yeah. enough that like you definitely notice the difference from yeah. Empire to Jedi initially. Now they they've since gone back and changed it uh, uh, yeah. so that it is um, Ian McDiarmid. Yeah, thank you so much. I was blanking on his name. Ian McDiarmid uh, doing the Emperor in both films. Yeah, but yeah, initially we had it. We had a different Emperor for the for this little. Uh, shot and i wonder if that'll be in the trivia here at some point like maybe why that was done that way or whatnot
1: yeah yeah i don't know i mean like i said i knew that the the face was different it had like this weird disfigured looking mask uh in the original cut but uh yeah i didn't know that it wasn't here mcdarmid in it
0: yeah different guy huh. uh okay so here's something for you All during right. the same year this movie was released R2D2 and C3PO appeared in two episodes of Sesame Street in season 11. Wow. As well as in an episode dedicated to Star Wars in The Muppet Show alongside <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca. This was to celebrate the fact that puppeteer Frank Oz would be starring in the new Star Wars movie.
1: <laughs>
0: That's pretty cool. All right. Now, here's something interesting. Uh, Interesting to come up a lot in this segment. I'm sorry, folks. No, it's fine. The spacesuit worn by the bounty hunter, worn by the bounty hunter Bosk, was previously used in "The Tenth Planet," a Doctor Who 1963
1: serial. I think I had heard that. I, I knew it came from somewhere, but I, I couldn't have told you that it was Doctor Who. But that is pretty crazy. So here's something that I think. A lot of us know
0: from behind the scenes, but we'll share it anyways. Yeah. All right. Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die at the end of this movie, and he did not want to play the character again. <laughs> but instead of killing off the character, George Lucas had a different idea and opted for Han to be frozen in carbonite in case Ford had a change of heart and agreed to return for Star Wars Episode six, The Return of the Jedi, in which the character would be revived. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I didn't
0: realize that. Yeah. The, the, Harrison Ford's been chomping at the bit for a long time for, for Han Solo to die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, he got his
0: wish, I suppose. Yeah, JJ finally gave him his wish. So there you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, Mark Hamill showed off his Harrison Ford impression with a story from the premiere of this film. They were both watching the film for the first time when Darth Vader revealed his identity to Luke. Ford leaned over to Luke. And said, "Hey, kid, you're never fucking told you never fucking told me that." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I can just see Mark Hamill doing Harrison Ford, and that's like his his early glimpse at his voice acting. He's sure.
0: done he's done Mark uh, he, he's done his Harrison Ford impression on, on a couple of talk shows. I I think it's like Jimmy Kimmel and maybe Conan O'Brien. It's pretty uh, damn good. It's pretty I mean, good. I,
1: have to look it up. I can only imagine he's a great voice actor.
0: <laughs> now, here's something you might find. Uh, to, to pique your more interest further. All right. Ha- Harrison Ford narrated the 1979 trailer for this movie. <laughs> really? I mean, according to IMDb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to have to look up the original trailer. I didn't know that.
0: Here's something. I Okay, now... Bear with me as I stumble through this a little bit. Okay. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. I'm just going to say the letters and the numbers, okay? So the OGLE-2005-BLG-3900LB is a real planet commonly referenced as Hoth by NASA scientists.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
0: So the Wampas and the Tauntauns are out there.
1: They're out there just waiting for us to cut them open. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay, there's a little fa- a fact here. Well, a little bit of knowledge that the Wampa is based on the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman. I think we all kind of figured that out.
1: Yeah, just go to Disneyland. Uh, let's
0: see. see. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, costume designer John Molo based Yoda's outfit in, on the one worn by Ben Kenobi in the previous film. Yeah. Let's yeah.
1: see. Typical old Jedi robes, I
0: suppose. Uh, I don't know how much I find the rest of this all that interesting. <laughs> we've gone through. The oh, fun stuff. here's okay. Wait, here's something. Okay. All right, so uh, I, I mentioned in, in the in the preamble to the show the the script uh, the screenplay for this was written by by Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. This piece piece of trivia is interesting in that uh, it mentions that screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan was brought in to replace Lee Brackett after her death. And uh, he had had already been hired to write Raiders Raiders of the Lost Ark. So Lucas offered him this movie before even reading his rough draft of the Raiders script. Wow. And uh, I guess they liked him because he'd worked with uh, Steven Spielberg in in developing a lot of – I'm sorry, I misread that a little bit. But yeah, that's that's how uh, Lawrence Kasdan first got into Star Wars, is because of him and Spielberg's connection with Raiders.
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. All
0: right, now here's something. Now Let me read this one. All, All right. right, so security surrounding this movie was so intense that George Lucas had regular reports about leaks from actors and actresses. George Lucas was so determined that the ending be kept secret that he had David Prouse say... Obi-Wan Killed Your Father. That was the one that I was trying to think of.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: And dubbed it later to be I Am Your Father. In fact, only five people eventually knew about the ending before the movie's release. George Lucas, because he came up with the idea in his second draft after the death of Lee Brackett. Director Irving Kirshner, he was informed of such during uh, a story conference. Screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan, who was also informed during a story and script conference. And Mark Hamill was informed shortly before the shooting of the infamous scene.
1: Oh, wow. So his reaction
0: is legit. Because he knows what's really going to be said. Yeah. And then James Earl Jones was told during the recording session for the final dub. And he, uh, like we said, he believed that Darth Vader was lying. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's so funny.
0: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, Here's a fun one. Mark Hamill banged his head. Uh, had to bang his head on the 16 times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before director Irving Kirshner was happy.
1: <laughs> really had to make it count.
0: Oh, man. Uh, during uh, during the filming of the Battle of Hoth, Echo-based troops were actually Norwegian mountain rescue skiers.
1: <laughs>
0: and in exchange for participation in the movie, Lucasfilm made a donation to the Norwegian Red Cross.
1: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Didn't know that one.
0: Mark Mark Hamill did all of his own stunts except for the being sucked out of the uh, the window in Cloud City.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, George Lucas was so impressed by Frank's, uh, Frank Oz's performance as Yoda that he spent thousands of dollars on an advertising campaign to try and get him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
0: Lucas's man. campaign ultimately failed because it was felt that a puppeteer wasn't an actor. Oh, Lucas felt this know. wasn't fair to Oz, who honestly didn't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm good.
0: <laughs> well, Here you go. here's a fun one uh carrie fisher stood in a box for many of her scenes with harrison ford in order to make up for the height difference and to appear in the frame with them carrie fisher is 5'1 instead of foot wow. shorter than harrison ford who is 6'1 wow
1: i didn't realize she was that short
0: <laughs> yeah right wow Crazy. uh jim henson who's a friend of george Lucas was offered the role of Yoda, but Henson turned it down as he was busy with the great Muppet Keeper. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, Jim Henson who recommended Frank Oz to take the part. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. When Mark Hamill was having trouble with the Dagobah scenes with Yoda, Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy to make him laugh. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Gotta love those Muppets.
0: <laughs> now, okay, now, I don't know if... I don't think I've ever heard this before, so let, I'm going to read this to you, and you, you let give me what you think. All right. All right, when Han Solo is about to be frozen, Princess Leia says, I love you. In oh, the original God. script, Han Solo was supposed to say, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. But at the <laughs> time of filming, Harrison Ford wasn't entirely certain he did want to come back for a third movie. Hmm. There is a recurring legend... That his line I know was ad libbed. However, yeah. Alan Arnold's book *Once Upon a Galaxy: A Journal of the Making of the Empire Strikes Back* includes a transcription of the discussion between Ford and director Irvin Kershner, in which Ford in which Ford suggested the line.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I had heard that it was his idea, and I always thought it was just like an ad lib thing too. I I didn't hear about the. Uh, remember that i'll be back part of it i thought it was just supposed to be like me too or i do too or something like that but yeah that's interesting i don't know that's a weird that's a weird one (laughs) either way i like what it ended up with better
0: i agree Okay, so here's, uh, here's something. Let's, let's talk about this. Okay. All right, Lee Brackett's first draft of the screenplay compa- contained the revelation of Luke's sister, her existence disclosed by the ghost of Anakin Skywalker, referred to as Nellis Skywalker. Anakin explains that it was he, not Obi-Wan, who separated the twins at birth to protect them from Darth Vader, and that Neelith also underwent Jedi training in another part of the galaxy so she could join forces with Luke to defeat the Sith. (laughs) This concept was dropped in the second draft of the screenplay, along with the appearance of Anakin Skywalker, and replaced with a scene of Obi-Wan and Yoda discussing how they must find another Jedi apprentice in anticipation of Luke's failure. This too changed in later drafts, resulting in the more ambiguous scene in the final version where Yoda assures
1: Obi-Wan that there is another. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I would have liked to have seen that original. That actually sounds kind of cool, that there's just like well, another female Jedi training somewhere else in the universe.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess obviously uh, part of it had to go away because they decided, I mean, Lucas at some point decided that, that, that Anakin was actually going to be Darth Vader. Sure, yeah. So no Anakin ghosts there. No need for that shit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Yoda's iconic manner of speech has the parts of speech in object, subject, verb order. Very few <laughs> languages on Earth use this, and most are based in the Amazon River Basin. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's true. But they're all I, I think, correct.
0: I think we'll stop there. We don't need to go on much further. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair enough. But I think they were all uh, interesting facts, for sure. I think,
0: I think interesting is the key word for the trivia on <laughs> IMDb's Empire Strikes Back page. <laughs> oh man. So, Raj, I don't know, I don't know what else to say uh, uh, about the flick other than it's been 40 fucking years, at least for <laughs> yeah. me, and this movie means as much to me today as it did when I was a kid. Sure. Right. And and to me that is a, an ultimate testament of of its enduring greatness and the lasting legacy that star wars will will always have not yeah, just in my heart but in the world
1: yeah definitely
0: <laughs> what do you what do you how do you how do you feel about uh i mean you saw again you saw it it was 10 years 10 ish year 10 ish 15 years later but sure I'm, I'm assuming this movie is is a primary reason why why star wars is such a big deal to you
1: Oh, yeah, you know, like it's it's like I keep going back to, you know, it's one of the movies that I think my dad and I bonded over so much. And uh, it is definitely something where, you know, I can go back to this day and just be like parts of that movie still resonate with me, you know, like like I said before, i'll I'll always quote things from this movie. I'll, you know <laughs> leave the the quotes from Yoda, you know, the, the do or do not, or this is why you fail. Or, you know, Just little things. here. Yeah. And there, yeah. Know? Yeah. Of course. Just stuff that I use in my daily speech, you know, like everything you failed me for the last time. I can't, I can't even like name all the things that I've quoted for this movie just on a regular basis, you know, and it's just become such a, such a part of who I am just knowing growing up with all of this, you know, and It's just it's really cool to like, you know, take a step back and be like, oh, yeah, this is this is where that came from, you know,
0: you know, and as far as like the lines go, I mean, we've only scratched the surface. We haven't gotten into like, you know, no disintegrations or, you know, (laughs) you know, he's he's no good to me dead, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Lando has great lines, uh, you know, like, this deal's getting worse all the time, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. There's there's so much in this movie that's so good. Yeah, uh,
1: and one of the funny things, you know, one of the lines that actually stuck with me that I thought was almost seemingly out of place was when uh, Han was leaving to go after, to look for Luke on the Tauntaun, and he he tells the the guy there at the door, you know, he's like, so, you know, they're, they're saying something like, you know, you'll die if you go out there. And then he says, so I'll, then I'll see you in hell. And I'm like, wait, so hell exists in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was such like, you know, a it's... weird, like, mind trip to me that I was just like, wait, isn't it just like the Force? Like, this concept of hell is a thing in Star Wars, you know?
0: You know what? I've put it up against that a couple of times in Star Wars because uh, uh particularly in, in episode one, uh when uh-huh. when – when Anakin uh, asks Padme if she's an angel, and I'm like, an okay. angel?
1: That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it seems like you still get these remnants of like real world, I guess, mythologies or, you know, religions. But at the same time, you're like, does that actually work in the Star Wars universe? It's like, uh, maybe we shouldn't ask too many questions. <laughs>
0: you know, I just, I just wrote it off as like, I mean, it's kind of become a punchliner in, in recent years. I mean, uh, but uh, I, I, in pretty much every Harrison Ford movie, he tells someone he's going to see them in hell.
1: <laughs> so that's where it began.
0: <laughs> I mean, my favorite, my favorite is is uh uh, t- uh the underrated, in my opinion, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Where he where he, he's he's looking at Molarom and he's like say say hello to Kali in hell.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's such a good it's movie. so good. <laughs> that was great.
0: And I think in in uh, in uh in Air Force 1 it's uh get, get off my plane and go to hell. No, that's not it.
1: Never mind. <laughs> Oh man, you know I, I could I could just watch a, a montage of Harrison Ford saying that. Though that would be a good thing to see. I
0: think that's on YouTube. Yeah, I, really I, I really do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if it's not on
0: YouTube, you know what? Maybe it's not on YouTube. But I swear to God, he was on. It might have been on Conan O'Brien. That Conan <laughs> put together that montage. Montage of that, him that saying in in hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good line.
0: So, yeah, it's it's pretty pitch perfect. Yeah. Pretty pitch perfect. Yeah, I, I you know, I guess uh, uh, I feel like, sadly, we have we have to kind of wrap it up, Raj. I feel like, uh, I mean, what else? Is, what else? Did we miss anything?
1: Uh, Ugnaughts?
0: <laughs> we didn't talk about Ugnaughts. We didn't talk about the Ugnaughts that much. We didn't talk about Lomod as much as I would have liked. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. Watch, watch uh, for the script on that one.
0: <laughs> just uh, just uh, as an aside i mean uh, uh you know we, we talked a little bit about about, about best Men, about cloud city but yeah. those those uh, those cloud cars that oh, the, yeah. the the best Men, like security force had little those like parts. twin yeah those were pretty cool looking
1: yeah they were really I remember,
0: interesting i remember thinking i remember the toy uh, and playing with the toy, of my friend says so my friend had the toy, and I would play yeah. with it all the time. And I was like, I don't understand this toy, but visually, I like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know
0: why it needs two pilots, but whatever, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> and uh, if I remember correctly, too, this is um, this this film really helped uh, uh, the toy line go do- go in like, bold new directions because they started whipping out. Uh, 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 things that ne- weren't necessarily from the films and stuff like yeah. that too. Like, like, oh, here's here's something that is from the Hawk Battle that you never saw. And you're like, what? What's that? It's like this weird <laughs> up and down roller thingy. <laughs> That's awesome. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question in closing, though, my friend. Yeah. As as visually striking as they are. Yeah. Do you really think an ATAT is the best way to get around town? Probably not. <laughs>
1: yeah it's kind of always one of those things where you're just like wait why if they have like flying and hover technology why would you make anything with legs like (laughs) i don't know i don't know
0: i don't know either but i'll be honest with you that was like one of my favorite toys ever (laughs) when i was a kid i thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever
1: (laughs) just the whole you know snow speeder the toe cables around the legs i mean that was just such a cool like premise you know this That's how you take out the big guy. You just go for the beat. That's that's how you take out giant man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rattlehead. There you go.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man. There's a lot to there's a lot to love in this movie. And if um like I I guess I just want to encourage anyone anyone listen to this podcast like like hit us up. You know I I I'm at uh Tom Gas podcast on Twitter and Instagram he's at Jedi Raj uh, tell us your favorite scenes tell us uh, tell, tell us your favorite lines uh, oh, yeah. you know I, I don't feel like we i don't feel like we did we did enough justice to princess leia in this film yeah uh, yeah because probably not. but she really is, is is kind of the glue that holds it all together yeah and, she's
1: the only level-headed person i think in the movie yeah
0: and again like the smart strong female character comes through and again she has amazing lines too calling yeah. han a scruffy looking nerf herder I mean, come on, come on! Yeah, that was great. It's she's fantastic. Carrie Fisher at the top of her game in the, in this film, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: And 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 uh, actually, I do encourage you to go onto onto YouTube. And and uh, anyone listening, I encourage you to go on YouTube and 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 look up the Empire Strikes Back deleted scenes because uh, there's a couple of expanded scenes with with carrie fisher with with leia um where she has more great dialogue because uh you know things got edited out and 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 whatnot and things kind of the the story kind of got reshaped in some ways um the 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 one that jumps to mind is uh there's a scene when luke first comes out the back of the tank where it's just it's just uh her and the droids with with luke and he's telling her about about the vision about like i have to go i gotta go to dagobah and her reaction her reaction is great because you know previously she'd had the conversation with Han about him having to leave because of the bounty hunters they ran into and Ord Mantel. Yeah, and and uh, again, just wonderful stuff and, and like her kind of just like disappointment in these these boys and and like their <laughs> lack of commitment to, to the yeah. cause. It I, it's really a stellar deleted scene, but it was kind of I think yeah I think they kind of opted to get. I, I, I'm sure there's a commentary track on why it was deleted out, but my guess is it was just it was kind of like reductive in a way. So sure, they didn't it's really need
1: pacing it. thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, they didn't need to do it, and they didn't need to show Leia as quite so cold from all the characters. But sure, I think cold's a strong word, anyways. But I, I think they wanted to show like her not angry at everybody. Yeah, <laughs> no, at the makes end sense. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, keep that. keep the frustration focused on Han. So yeah. you, you develop that 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 romantic tension better between those yeah. two and like you know Luke's kinda like the like the the guy that she'll you know drag in to make Han jealous
1: <laughs> which was also another great scene a little weird yeah, in it, retrospect but awesome in re- <laughs> sure in hindsight not
0: you know a little awkward but you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> they they didn't know. <laughs> sure, yeah. Oh, oh man. man Yeah, you know. And I guess we can talk, we can kind of like emphasize that that a little bit more of that relationship, when we get into Jedi and some of the revelations that Return of the Jedi has for us. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I did want to mention more of about Leia because I think we did kind of undersell her a little bit during during the main part of the show. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, Leia Leia's legit in this film. She's fantastic. Her facial expressions say so much, even when she's not talking. Uh, yeah. I, I love the performance so so very very much. And and again, it, 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 she's kind of like like the the, the, the strong. I, I, I don't want. I guess like I don't know. She just has like the iron will to yeah. kind of keep going on and keep fighting because like like we talked about, it's our heroes just getting slapped down and beat down and and you know kicked in the privates, and yeah. and, and Leia just drives ahead like like we have to do this we have to get out of here we have to fix this we have to rendezvous with the fleet. yeah and I, I love that about her.
1: I mean arguably she's the only one in the whole movie that's right throughout the entire movie. you know it's like everything she's like, you know we gotta do this we gotta you know get out of here we gotta I don't know if I trust this guy you know everything she says makes sense, you know so yeah she's she's definitely a, a pivotal character and a very like I said very grounding. You know, definitely the most level-headed in the movie. So,
0: yeah, ex- exactly. And uh, you know, I, I guess that's a good spot to stop it, Roger, because uh, um, just like a tauntaun, you thought I smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Roger, for joining me on this this celebrating this wonderful film this 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 this, this kind of like pinnacle of, of, of pop culture awesomeness and yeah. uh, a movie that's near and dear to my heart that like we could spend another two hours talking about pretty damn easily
1: for sure dude I, I feel you on that
0: <laughs> alright buddy I will talk to you extremely soon and I'm gonna stop the recording right now Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father he told me enough he
1: told me you killed him no I am your father. No. no. It's not true. That's impossible.
0: Search your feelings, you know it to be true. so there you have it there is our uh 40th anniversary empire strikes back spectacular episode uh i hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as roger and i had uh recording and discussing the film uh because it is truly one of those movies that uh uh we we both feel is pretty timeless and and just woven into the fabric of, of of the pop culture culture that we know and love so much to these to this day um I do need to apologize once again. The sound quality is something that I have not been able to get quite dialed in the way I want it to. Uh, I tried a couple new filters today; they did not work the way I wanted them to. It was still better than I think it was at least better than when we did the headsets last week. Um, I'm still working with these filters and trying to get it trying to get it perfected uh, because you know at least for the foreseeable future, uh, Roger and I are going to be doing the show via Skype, and if if Reagan comes on, it'll be via Skype. Uh, I don't know if if Zoom's going to sound any better from initial testing that I did. It does not, um, and I think I just need to get the right filters in place and and make them work correctly with my recording software. And uh, unfortunately, that is not my skill set. But I'm going to keep working on it, guys. So so please bear with me, and and uh, we will get we will get the show uh, to the audio quality that you guys deserve. Yeah, uh, in, in short order and, and and with any luck very very quickly at least you know hopefully by next week. So thank you guys for putting up all that. I, I appreciate it to the to the bottom of my heart. And uh thank you guys for listening. Like I said, I hope you guys had fun with this one. It's uh I'm having a great time uh just talking about these movies. Uh these these you know obviously we started with Star Wars, which is, you know, obviously very near and dear to me. Um but this this kind of like greatest hit series that we're that we're that we're kinda of playing with right now. Uh it's been a lot of fun and I think we're gonna keep it going. I think next week we will do Jedi. We will conclude the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh but I got some plans for the following week. We're not just gonna keep doing the Star Wars movies. We're gonna break it up a little bit, we're gonna mix it up. And uh yeah, plans are in place and, and and uh mischief is afoot, crime is afoot, evil is afoot. And we're gonna we're gonna get our faces all up in it. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you like the podcast, uh, please make sure you uh, like the show, you are subscribing to the show, and uh, if you have the time, give us five-star reviews. That goes a long way to helping uh, crack whatever the algorithm code is that Apple's using to to help spread the word about our podcast. So please do all of those things. We we really, really appreciate it. It means the world to us. And uh, you can also follow the show at TomCast Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Roger at Jedi Raj on Instagram and Twitter. You can email the podcast if you guys want to go on a lengthy diatribe about something with me. You can email the show, TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. And if you are so in love with this podcast and, and you want to want to help it become financially viable, <laughs> you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPodcast and become an official member of Pophead Nation and hang out with such cool, illustrious members as the Aspen Hill Chody himself. And of course the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear, one of my favorite music podcasts on on the iTunes, on the Spotify's. And I I can't thank you guys enough for being supporters and and for listening to the show. Uh, Like I said, again, I'm going to say it again, I hope you guys are having as much fun as we are. And uh, we're going to be back very, very soon. Like I said, the Gary Kurtz special will be coming later this week. And uh, we're going to talk about the role, the vital role that he played in bringing star Wars to life with George Lucas. So I think that'll be an interesting podcast. I'm just going to record that a solo, a solo show. Uh, so there shouldn't be any, any real serious audio issues, you know, aside from the normal ones that are when I'm just doing a solo show. So, uh, otherwise it'll be pretty straightforward and easy. All right. So you guys continue taking care of each other, continue, uh, uh, doing what you have to do for your families and your friends and and uh, your neighbors and, and and just generally being good, rad people. Uh, and so for... And and so for... Great sentence, Tom. <laughs> so for Roger, I am Tom. I am the head nerf herder on this podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and ciao, babes. Lord Vader, what about Leia and the Wookiee? They must never again leave this city. That was never a condition of our agreement nor was giving hand to this bounty hunter.
1: Perhaps you think you're being treated unfairly. No. Good. It would be unfortunate if I had to leave a garrison here.
0: This deal is getting worse all the time.
1: We're not going to be fucking sucked this year! We're
0: the Stanley Cup
1: champions! Yeah!